On this episode of the podcast, Josh walks us through the epic career of the man who was traded on our last episode, Babe Ruth. Real shocker there, but (laughs) it's Babe Ruth. Babe? Hopefully you listened to the last episode before you listened to this one, otherwise, spoiler. You'll be confused. Yeah, Babe Ruth got traded once, Mm -hmm. like over a hundred years ago. Yep. Yeah. So, there's that. Recline that sofa and loosen that tie, because this was a flawless transition into mismanaged. Welcome to Mismanaged, a weekly podcast where we kick back and criticize the failings of paid sports professionals while also offering them foolproof solutions to all their management woes. I'm Austin Egan. I'm Josh Fleasy. And I'm Nathaniel Westover. Let's get into it. This week we are continuing our discussion of one of the worst moves in MLB and just sports history, the Babe Ruth trade. Warning once again to any and all Boston Red Sox fans. Honestly, guys... You should just not come back for a couple of weeks. You should just stay away, focus on yourselves. Yeah, don't worry about trying to make the playoffs. You're, 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 you'll fall out. It's fine. Take a mental health week or two, because there's one more part after this. Definitely skip next week. We are going to pick up where we left off last week. Now in a Yankees uniform, Babe Ruth completed the transition from pitcher to slugger. In 1920, which is where we are. We're we're still in the 1920s. Yes. Great time. (laughs) Allegedly. That's what I've heard. Uh, In 1920, Ruth started slowly, having injured himself while batting. But in May, the Yankees had a four-game series with the Red Sox at the Polo Grounds. Ruth hit a home run completely out of the park. The first player to do so since Shoeless Joe Jackson. Ooh, what an icon. I love Polo Grounds on Emily the Show. Good time. Good time. Hard to hit it there. Good time. Beautiful park. Beautiful park. Uh, the Yankees won 4-3 to three and 3 out of the 4. By the end of May, Ruth had hit, a major league, uh, had hit a major league record 11 home runs in the month. Wow. So this is Wolf. first year with the Yankees. First year being a, you know, like... All-time, True, yeah, true outfielder and hitter. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the Red Sox praying, that's just a fluke. Yeah, yeah. It's not like his first or second year, he broke the single season record, which was like 10. Yeah, it was like 29, I think. Uh, That's a good number. So he broke that record that he he had just set in May, in June, with 13 home runs in a month. Oh. So he set the record with 11 in May, broke it with 13 in June. The next month. Yep. More. <laughs> More home runs. Fans responded to Ruth's incredible play. They flooded the polo grounds with a record attendance of 38,600, with 15,000 people being turned away. Oh, yeah, shit. that's like twice as much as Marlins fans get now. <laughs> Aww, Marlins. Yeah, so like sad. Put the Marlins and the Diamondbacks together, and there wouldn't be enough attendance. Yeah, yeah, probably. That makes sense. You could add a ten cent beer night to the <laughs> Marlins game, and it wouldn't be enough attendance. <laughs> Large crowds packed stadiums where Babe Ruth went to play. 
Ruth uh, tied his own home run record with 29 on July 15th of 1920. Nice. There's still so much season left. Yes. He would go on to obliterate the record, finishing the 1920 season with 54 home runs <laughs> and 137 RBIs. What? Yeah. 54? <laughs> In 1920. Four more, he would have doubled the record. Yep. <laughs> That'd been awesome. He'll get there. Yikes! <laughs> He'll get there. The Yankees finished third behind Cincinnati and the Chicago White Sox, but the Yankees had pulled in 1.2 million fans that season, the first time a team had broken seven figures in attendance. Wild. Wild. And isn't the money what it's really about? Yes. And so the Yankees immediately, like, shoot up in popularity. Just because Babe Ruth is to killing start the Start becoming the Yankees. Yeah, yes. if we think baseball is slow now, imagine what it was like before people just hit home <laughs> runs regularly. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a whole day you affair. Go, you should go to a baseball game like every day for a week and not see a home run. Yep. Then uh, Babe shows up. What a man. In 1920, Red Sox GM Ed Barrow resigned and took a job with the Yankees as their business manager. So he was the manager with Babe Ruth when the Red Sox traded him, uh-huh. and the next year he jumps ship and goes and joins the Yankees. Follow Babe Ruth. Well, it's as good as following the money. He just added his name into the trade contract. Right. Just on like a delayed uh, clause or something. Just pop over. Uh, no, not even then. The, the Red Sox fired him, and then he showed up with fraudulent paperwork to the Yankees. Be like, oh, you guys didn't... Did you not see? You you, tra- got, you trade for me, too. Yeah, you got Babe's contract and my contract. Yeah. It says it right there. That's a real steal. <laughs> it's a napkin. <laughs> Uh, Ed Barrow had never supported the decision to trade Ruth and was now following him to New York, which proved to be the correct decision. It's easy to say that after yeah. the yeah. fact. Uh-huh. <laughs> wait, a, wait a month, see him start dominating more. And yeah, because like, yeah, you don't even have to wait that long after the trade. Just yep. a couple months and be like, yeah, I never supported that. <laughs> yeah, no, why would you do something like that? It's just everyone in the Red Sox organization passing the buck up to the top. Yeah, no, What's that's that's where it belongs. <laughs> yeah, sure. Because everybody did speak out. Like, at least this guy did speak out and was like, hey, no, don't trade me, Ruth. <laughs> don't do that. Uh, but 1920 saw improvements in the machines that made professional baseballs ushering in the live ball era. Woo! The number of home runs increased by 184 league-wide over the previous year. So, yeah. wolf. add that to... You know, Ruth hitting bombs, and hence why it goes from 29 to 54. Bouncier baseballs. Mm-hmm. They, like, the machines that, like, wind the thread or whatever got better, so got they can make tighter. it more tight. Nice. Uh, there were other contributing factors to the increase in home runs, like the abolition of the spitball and the decrease of use in dirty balls. <laughs> So basically, the you know the baseball would get dirty at, over over the course of a game, and umpires would just be like, "Yeah, no, just keep using the dirty one. It's fine. We don't Which, need to replace you know, this. That won't change the trajectory of how the ball flies." No. And also, they outlawed this after Ray Chapman was hit in the head with a pitch from Carl Mays and died 12 hours later. Oh, oh no! He's the only player to die directly from an injury received during a major league game. So yeah. And then they started wearing batting helmets, That seems too. like very specific. <laughs> yeah, because they used to wear just hats. Yep. Yeah, it was just, just your ball cap the whole time. Yep. So they outlawed the spitball, and the, they started using cleaner baseballs. And the manslaughter of players. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're like, ooh, maybe we shouldn't have ball players die. That's just an idea. 
1921 was a great year for Ruth. He broke the record for career home runs set by Roger Connor with 138. So basically every home run Ruth hits from here on out will break his own record of career home runs. It's got to feel good. He won't retire for another 14 years. Oh, (laughs) boy. Yeah, you know, I feel like breaking a record today. Speaking of breaking records, Ruth broke the home run record he set last year with 59, uh, but it was even sweeter this year as the Rankies edged out Cincinnati for their first AL pennant. Hey. Woo! America. Ruth batted 378 with a slugging percentage of 846. His 177 runs scored, 119 extra base hits, and 457 total bases set modern era records that still stand as of 2021. Shh. The babe was no joke. No. Once they let that boy swing, he swung. But, you know, it also helps that everyone else around him was. (laughs) (laughs) They're all bad. Uh, The Yankees would meet the New York Giants in the 1921 World Series, so every game was played at the Polo Grounds, the stadium that they shared. Nice. The Yankees won the first two games, but Ruth badly injured his elbow, sliding into third in game two. The team physician told Ruth that he was done for the series, but Ruth played in the next three games regardless. <laughs> like, yeah, you're a medical professional. I'm sure you know what you're talking about. But you're dumb. But I'm, I'm gonna play. But I'm Babe Ruth. Tommy John's doesn't exist yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Yankees would lose in eight games, five to three. Uh, Ruth hit three sixteen and drove in five runs, including his first World Series home run. Moving on up. After the series, Ruth and a couple of teammates toured around the U.S. barnstorming. What? Explain. Uh, That's just when uh, athletes travel from town to town and play baseball games. Just, you know, just out in fields. Just pick up games anywhere they went. (laughs) That's the move. Back in the era where it's all buses. Uh And just being like, hey, there's a... There's a barn with a field. Yep, it's the off season. Let's tour around the Midwest. <laughs> Can you imagine going to like your local high school, not in like a major city where athletes are from, but mm-hmm. like in Iowa or something? Mm-hmm. And there's just Babe Ruth chilling, the most famous Ruth just taking battle, or like practice. Mike Trout's over here, Shohei Otani's yep. out here just <laughs> hitting bombs in the cornfield, and you can go play a game with him because he's just playing pickup baseball. He, yeah, he invites you. Be like, hey man, well you want to play? play? Yeah. <laughs> which to which I'd be like, I value my life. <laughs> so um, no, thank you. Probably not. <laughs> I'm not gonna pitch to you. No. Uh, <laughs> no, well, no. Can you imagine pitching to a professional <laughs> baseball player as an amateur? It'd be so embarrassing. <laughs> you could not walk away feeling good about. Yourself. I don't think I could get the ball over the plate. You know what? After watching so many first pitches, even I, who I feel like I have a competent amount of athletic ability, I would doubt myself (laughs) the whole time. See, this is why during our minor league uh, event thing, I was like, why not you do it? Have the average Joe do it. That's comedy. Although I feel like I'd have some shared anxiety for for the person. (laughs) So anyway, back to barnstorming. Uh, Apparently the MLB had a rule against this. So makes sense. You know, they didn't want their players to get injured or for their product to get diluted or whatever, whatever. Sure. Uh, so Ruth and his buddies were suspended uh, until May twentieth and had to forfeit their World Series checks. Oh, I know. On March sixth, nineteen twenty-two, Ruth signed a new contract with the Yankees for three years at fifty-two thousand dollars a year. Ooh. 
Do you so want to guess over, how much in today's money? Okay, so it's over... Twenty seven almost... Was 450. It's like a little over 900000 Yeah, it's uh, around $803,984 in today's money. Okay, so less than what I thought. It's like doubled of the twenty five, which mm-hmm. was around... It was 27 last time, yeah. Oh, okay. That's this was twice as much money as any player had been paid and accounted for 40% of the Yankees' payroll. Yeah, I think that's still probably less of a percentage than Patty Mahomes. (laughs) Uh, 1922 was a rough year for Ruth. He was suspended for the opening season because of the the barnstorming. Nice. Um, And even when he did play, uh, it was not what the Yankees had seen the past two seasons. Ruth would get tossed from a game for throwing dust in an umpire's face, nice. which also resulted in a fine and a suspension and being stripped of his role as team captain. Being stripped <laughs> of his jersey in front of the fans. Take his pinstripes. Turn in your bat and your pinstripes. You're done. <laughs> it just takes the... It's like the, the pinstripes are Velcro. The stripes come off. It's just a white shirt underneath. He has to play all his games in just a just pure white shirt. Uh, <laughs> despite it all, the Yankees still won the pennant and faced the Giants for the second year in a row. Giants manager John McGraw told his pitchers to only throw curveballs to Ruth, and he was not able to adjust. He would hit just 2 of 17 as the Yankees lost in five games. Ooh, there's a method. So, yeah, and so so he is a mortal He's a man. Weakness. Yeah, The curveball, which had just been invented. <laughs> So we can't spit on the ball anymore. What if we just what if we def- loop it? Hear me out. What if we defied physics? Think about it. All right, I'm in. Sold. <laughs> in 1923, the Yankees' lease at the Polo Grounds was not renewed by Giants owner Charles Stoneham. Dang it, Charles. So the organization built Yankee Stadium, which became known as the house that Ruth built. Sure. The house that Babe built, yeah. Mm-hmm. Babe Ruth? Babe Ruth. That's the same guy. Candy bar? Uh, yeah. <laughs> they sold a lot of those to raise the money for the stadium. <laughs> they went door to door. Please, sir. Buy my candy. It's just Babe Ruth with a bunch of candy bars and a little bat. Knocks on the door. Hey there, folks. We're trying to build a new stadium. I'm the babe. <laughs> I'm the babe. Babe Ruth. Uh, the Yankees won the pennant in 1923 and faced the Giants once again. This time, Ruth dominated with a 386 batting average, three home runs, and a slugging percentage of 1,000 during the series. The Yankees christened their new stadium with their first World Series win, 4-2. They should have thrown the curveball. <laughs> yeah. Or he learned. He they learned. should have thrown the game, like Shoeless <laughs> Joe. Oh, poor Shoeless. In 1924, the Yankees were plagued by injury. This included an injury to Ruth during a game against the Senators in July. Ruth was chasing down a ball in the outfield when he ran full full force into the wall at Griffith Park. This was before they had warning tracks. So, you know. (laughs) The collision was so violent that it knocked Ruth unconscious. Uh, But when he was roused, he insisted on playing the game despite being in obvious pain and later being diagnosed with a pelvic bone bruise. Oh, I thought you were going to say concussion, which made Also sense. that, too. <laughs> Pelvic <laughs> bone bruise. Uh, he hit a double in his next at bat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's the babe. They built him sturdier back then. <laughs> right. Eventually, the Yankees were edged out by the Senators for the pennant race, uh, but Ruth won his only AL batting title that year. Nice. Yeah. 1925 was a bad year for Ruth's health. He was not in good shape. He was described as, quote, 
toothpicks attached to a piano, unquote. <laughs> because he had a huge upper body, but tiny wrists and legs. He stiff leg day. <laughs> Always. Yeah, well, you know, batting back then was all back. <laughs> yes. It was all back. The legs are stationary and you just <laughs> twist <laughs> real hard. Uh, during the season, uh, he was briefly hospitalized after collapsing during a road trip. It was so bad that rumors spread that Ruth had died, prompting some British <laughs> newspapers to print a premature obituary. That's hilarious. Oh, no. <laughs> News traveled differently back then. <laughs> I mean, that kind of stuff still happens today. No, no. Yeah. Yep. Uh, back in New York, New York, Ruth collapsed again and was found unconscious in his hotel bathroom. He was taken to the hospital where he suffered multiple convulsions. One sports writer wrote that Ruth's illness was due to eating hot dogs and drinking soda before a game, so it became known as, quote, the bellyache heard round the world, unquote. <laughs> People just making up oh. stories. Oh. Everyone wants that next they great They make headline. their own diagnosis up here. <laughs> and, and some of them just don't hit. Yeah, <laughs> it's because he ate a hot dog and was drinking some yeah, pot before yeah, the game. It's the bellyache hood round world. <laughs> That's the headline, see? Uh, however, the exact cause of his illness was never diagnosed, and it remains a mystery. Appendicitis. It could have been. Maybe. Back, back in <laughs> 1925? <laughs> who, who knows? Could have been anything. Not the doctors. Yeah, I'm sure they look at appendicitis and are like, ah, oh, it's just a bellyache, babe. Walk it <laughs> off while he's having this poison inside <laughs> him. Uh, some rumors have since surfaced that his hospitalization was more of a rehab situation than an illness, Ooh. as he wasn't allowed to leave the hospital and remained under constant surveillance for six weeks. Regardless of circumstances, Ruth had his worst statistical year as a Yankee. He finished with a... 290 average and 25 home runs as the Yankees went 69 and 85 that season. Well, the opium will do it to you. Yes. Uh, But this would be the last losing season the Yankees would have until 1965. So, don't feel too bad for the Yankees. Actually, I'm not even surprised. One of our (laughs) other episodes, I think I talked about how they had won like 40% 40% of all World Series mm-hmm. between, that like, so in a 40-year span. <laughs> yeah, I think it was this era. <laughs> uh, the Yankees won the pennant again in 1926. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Back again, I see. But they lost the World Series to the St. Louis Cardinals. Oh. Ruth did hit three home runs in Game 4, which had never been done in a World Series before. Oh, wow. Uh, Ruth had made $52,000 playing baseball that year, but he made over $100,000 doing 12 weeks of vaudeville. What? So oh, after no. the season was done, he just, he just hopped hit on the, the circuits. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> just as himself. You know what? Just want to say, hello, I'm the babe. Hits a baseball into the into Babe the here. <laughs> I'm here to talk to you about diabetes. <laughs> Uh, the 1927 Yankees are considered one of the best teams in baseball history. Their lineup was nicknamed Murderer's Row because of the powerful, powerful hitters. They won an AL record 110 games and took the AL pennant by 19 games. Ruth was in competition for home run leader with his own teammate, Lou Gehrig. They were within two of each other for most of the season, but Gehrig topped out at 47. Ruth went on to hit 60 home runs that year, breaking his 1921 record. After hitting his 60th, Ruth said, quote, 60! 
Let's see some son of a bitch try to top of that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, babe, you tell him. <laughs> oh, the Yankees swept the Pittsburgh Pirates in four games to win the World Series. Sorry, bud. Uh, one of the best teams of all time. What are you going to do? We got there. <laughs> you didn't have enough curly Q mustaches. Ooh, or curveballs. Mm. Next time, Or talent. <laughs> We're going to get there. Uh, 1928 was more of the same. Ruth hit 54 home runs, the Yankees won the pennant, and swept the Cardinals in four games. <laughs> Yikes. 1929 was a down season for the Yankees, and they finished behind the Philadelphia Athletics in the American League. That same year, the Yankees manager passed away. Ruth oh. petitioned Barrow and Rupert to make him a player manager. Yes. But he was never seriously considered for the position. Oh. Too brash. Ah, yeah. Too iconic. <laughs> He'd end up owning the place. He'd have too much power. So here's your thing with the question from last week about the athletics. Yeah. So the athletics were in the American League. Uh-huh. The Phillies that were mentioned last week were in the National, National League. There you they go. Were two different teams. Two Philly teams. I feel like you said that last week. No, I think I found, I found it out post. I told you about it afterwards. Yeah, he said they just both existed, and we didn't question it any further than that. We were like, oh, I was like seems legit. Because I was like, oh, I found it. Yeah, they, no, they did play the Phillies. <laughs> And then I was like, later it does mention the a- the athletics. Yeah, maybe you just told me off mic. Ah, behind the scenes. Some shop talk. All right, uh, instead the Yankees hired Bob Shockey, uh, who was a former teammate of Ruth's and was never able to gain Ruth's respect. <laughs> it was kind of that awkward thing where... Oh, it's like you played with them and you were better than them and yeah. now they're your boss. Yep. You don't tell me how to try play baseball. And, try I to be play boss. baseball. Uh, 1930 also happened to be a contract year for Babe Ruth. He had just concluded a three-year, $70,000 contract, and he rejected New York's first offer of one year at 70000 and their next offer of two years at 75000 which at the time was the same annual salary as President Herbert Hoover. Yeah, well, Hoover <laughs> deserved to be paid on the low end, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Instead, Ruth demanded $85,000 a year and a three-year deal. Yes. Nice. A compromise was reached with a two-year deal and $80,000 contract. Shoo! Which meant Ruth was getting paid 2.4 times more than the next highest paid baseball player. And also the president. Take oh, nice. that, Hoover. <laughs> Honestly, that's probably why Hoover drove us into the ground. Yeah, probably. Stock market. <laughs> Some reporter asked Ruth why he thought he deserved to get paid more than the president, and he was like... I had a better year than he did. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Uh, That year, Ruth hit 49 home runs and pitched his first game in nine years, which was a complete game victory. Yes! Still got it. Still still can do it from the mound. You love to see that. Uh, Nevertheless, nevertheless, the Athletics repeated their pennant run and the Yankees finished in third. Bob Shockey was fired, and Cubs hired uh, Cubs, and the Yankees hired Cubs manager Joe McCarthy, despite Ruth vying for the job once again. 1931 was more of the same, as the Athletics won their third straight American League title, with the Yankees finishing in second place. In 1932, the Yankees won 107 games and the American League pennant once again. Though Ruth's play was somewhat diminished, he was still incredibly effective. The Yankees faced Joe McCarthy's old team in the World Series. There was a lot of bad blood between these two teams. Some of it because of McCarthy, some of it because Yankees and Cubs drama. 
the Yankees took the first two games at home and then traveled to Chicago for Game 3. Ruth was resentful of the hostile crowds that he met in Chicago. They swarmed the Yankees' team as they got off the train and when they got to their hotel. They yelled abuse and jeered at the Yankees' players. Abuse! I feel like... <laughs> yeah. you're, you're bad! <laughs> I feel like... That's surprising me. I always kind of felt like Babe would be the kind of player that would like that stuff. Like, your hatred fuels me. No, Ruth was universally loved. So well, the fact yeah. that people were hating on him, he was like, what, what is his feeling? <laughs> he was yeah, surprised but... that there was hatred towards him. He's like, uh, uh. I'm Babe, goddamn Ruth. <laughs> I'm Babe Ruth. You eat my candy. <laughs> eat my candy. No, we don't. You will. In Chicago, you will. Wrigley Field? Uh, Baby Ruth Field. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but, just wait. During the actual game, fans threw lemons at Ruth to go along with their verbal assaults. But Ruth silenced the crowd with a three-run home run in the first inning. Unfortunately, Chicago was able to come back and tie the game 4-4 four to four in the fourth. When Ruth got up to bat in the fifth, the Chicago crowd and players, led by pitcher Guy Bush, were hurling insults at Ruth. With the count at two balls and one strike... Oh, is this the... Uh-huh. Ruth gestured towards the outfield. Another strike came over the plate, and this, and this time he pointed to center field. Oh, the called shot. He hit the next pitch over the center field fence, where it's estimated to have traveled about 500 feet. 500 miles (laughs) landed in Yankee Stadium. The Yankees went on to win Game 3, and Ruth's plate appearance became known as Babe Ruth's called shot. The Yankees clinched the series the following day to get Ruth his seventh World World Series championship. It's a good number. Wow. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ruth remained productive in 1933, but we're getting towards the end of his career here. Uh, He had a... 301 batting average, 34 home runs, uh, 103 RBIs, and a league leading 114 walks. They Makes sense. Nobody's ever pitched to the man. Started walking him. <laughs> the Yankees finished second behind the Senators in the American League. Ruth would be selected to play right field in the first ever MLB All Star game in 1933. Appropriately, he hit the first home run in All Star game history, a two score bomb to help the AL win 4 2. Nice. During the final game of the 1933 season, Ruth was brought in to pitch as a publicity stunt. He pitched a complete game victory over the Red Sox, his final game as a pitcher. Yeah. Now ain't that poetic. As a publicity (laughs) stunt. Against the team that traded him when he was a pitcher. This brought his career record to 94-46, and including 5-0 as a Yankee. Perfect. 1934 was Ruth's last full year with the Yankees. By then, his years of living life to the fullest had caught up with him. (laughs) We haven't talked much about Ruth's lifestyle off the field, uh, so we might as well just get into it now. Let's dive. (laughs) Although Ruth was married for most of his baseball career, when a co-owner of the team asked him to tone down his lifestyle, Ruth was quoted as saying, quote, I'll promise to go easier on the drinking and to get to bed earlier, but not for you. $50,000 or $250,000 will I give up women. They're too much fun. Unquote. Uh, <laughs> babe. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. Babe. Ping Bodhi 
teammate of Ruth. Sure. Uh, Said he was not Ruth's roommate while traveling. Quote, I room with his suitcase. Unquote. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, how many... How many of his teammates' wives do you think Babe got to? <laughs> so many. Like, they're all meeting, meeting them outside the game and playing clothes, and Babe just walks up. He's like, what's up? Sup? Just a nod. I'm Babe, and I'm too uh, much man. <laughs> so I'm saying I'm trying to toothpicks in a piano. <laughs> Is that what you're into? <laughs> Back then? Probably. Yes. <laughs> Uh, apparently a detective that was hired by the Yankees to follow Ruth one night in Chicago reported that Ruth had been with six women. That night? That night. While they were in the middle of a season. That's why the Cubs hated him. (laughs) (laughs) He slept with their wives. That's why Chicago hated him. That's probably his best batting average. Uh, that's why when Ruth signed his big extension in 1922, it included a morality clause. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Allegedly, it called for Ruth to abstain from intoxicating substances during training camp and the baseball season, as well as giving him a bedtime of 1 a.m. I can neither (laughs) confirm nor deny how effective this clause was. (laughs) (laughs) Also, you know, you gotta give Babe a little bit of leeway. It's the 20s. Yes. You know what? It's the roaring And he was 20s. literally the most popular person on the planet. Well, he got in more, America. He got more money than Hoover. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jumping back to 1935, Ruth's conditioning was basically non-existent. He uh, took a pay cut to just a measly $35,000 a year, which still made him the highest paid player in baseball, but you know... It's... He cut... His salary more than in half, uh-huh. and he was still the highest paid player. Uh, he could still swing a bat, though, Legend. and he would hit a two eighty eight with 22 home runs. He was selected to the All-Star game, even though he was in the twilight of his career, and the Yankees would finish in second place again, seven games behind the Tigers. Go Tigers! Uh, after 1935, Ruth had this weird fling with the Boston Braves. He played for them for a couple of months because the owner had promised him a share of the team and a position as manager whenever he wanted to retire. Uh, but Ruth quickly learned that this his management position was meaningless and that he was just being used to up ticket sales. Sure. Yep. So <laughs> he was allowed to retire on June second, nineteen thirty-five. The Braves were ten and twenty-seven with Ruth, Ruth and would go thirty-eight and one fifteen without him. Ah. They had the worst winning percentage in modern National League history, and at the end of the season, the owner was forced to give up possession of the Braves to the National League itself. Oh. <laughs> They're like, yeah, yeah, no, 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 we're taking this team from you. That's how shady that, that owner was. <laughs> they were like, actually, we're just going to take this back. Thank you. Yeah, when he offered Babe part ownership, he was really offering him culpability. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and he, apparently he wanted Ruth to pay into the Braves so that the Braves would then have some cash flow. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, not a good businessman. In November of 1946, Ruth was diagnosed with a malignant, inoperable tumor at the base of his skull and in his neck. He would receive several experimental treatments, but he would spend the next two years slowly deteriorating. He was still able to travel a bit and attend some events. Like on June 13th, 1948, when Ruth visited Yankee Stadium for the final time. It was the 25th anniversary celebration of the house that Ruth built. 
Ruth was introduced with his surviving teammates from the 1923 team. At this point, he was having trouble walking, and he used a bat as a cane. <laughs> Iconic. Photographer uh, Nate Fine captured the poignant image of Ruth from behind, looking old and withered, leaning on a bat, facing out towards right field, which was nicknamed Ruthville. The photo would go on to win a Pulitzer Prize. So yeah, quite quite iconic. <laughs> Ruth passed away in his sleep on August 16th, 1948, at the age of 53. His open casket was displayed in the rotunda of Yankee Stadium, where it's estimated uh, 77,000 people came to pay tribute to him over two days. Ruth now rests on a hillside next to his second wife, Claire, in Gate of Heaven Cemetery in Hawthorne, New York. Ruth played 21 seasons of professional baseball from 1914 to 1935. Over that time, he batted 342 with 2,873 hits, 714 home runs, 2,213 RBIs, a win-loss record of 94-46, and and an ERA of 2.28. He played in two All-Star games, won seven World Series, won AL MVP in 1923, AL Batting Champion in 1924. He was a 12-time AL Home Run Leader, six-time AL RBI Leader, and was the AL ERA Leader in 1916. His number three is retired with the Yankees, and he was selected to the MLB All-Century and MLB All-Time teams. He was elected into the MLB Hall of Fame in 1936, his first year of eligibility. Sure. Mm-hmm. And even though Babe hasn't played baseball for 86 years, he is still all over the record books. He's first all-time in slugging percentage, first all-time in OPS, second all-time in on-base percentage, second all-time on the RBI list, third all-time on the home run list, fourth all-time on the runs list, seventh all-time on the total bases list, ninth all-time on batting average, and he holds the record for the longest home run ever hit, at 575 feet from July 18th, 1921. Woo! Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, it's like top 10 in every important <laughs> category. Yep. And that's the career of the man that the Red Sox paid the Yankees to take off their hands. And next week, in the final part of our saga, we will talk about what happened to the Red Sox after this trade went through and how the curse of the Bambino would affect them for almost 100 years. Nice. Yeah, because you're talking about how good Babe was, and you're like, oh yeah, this is a bad trade. And you forget how (laughs) badly things went for the Red Sox after that point. Yes. And we're gonna get into it. Sorry, Red Sox fans. I'm excited. Not sorry. Well, now that Josh has concluded Act 2 in the Babe Ruth saga, we would normally present our own proposals to the GMs we believe need our help. Uh, But since we don't want to become one note and share different advice to MLB teams three weeks in a row, uh, we're going to shake it up a little bit. And now we're going to pitch our on-field rule change suggestions <laughs> that will uh, maybe liven up the game of baseball. A uh, beautiful game. A beautiful game that <laughs> needs some wackiness in it. Just needs to compete. Westover, pitch it, it to us. Okay. So first, I was thinking of just doing, uh, talking about the need for the rule change for the playoffs, because they're just terrible where you, you can't like the one game play in listen you, you can like have that? the second best team in baseball <laughs> uh-huh, the to just have a bad day uh-huh. sure and, and welcome to the end out welcome yep. to the nfl kid <laughs> no <We have laughs> all their games for a reason 
Not saying this just because this happened to Pittsburgh twice. Hey. Be better. But it might be. But it's part of the reason why. Uh, any given it. weekday, as they say <laughs> in baseball. You know. Just a three-game series for the wild card would be fine. But after reading what yours were, uh, we're going to go with the flamethrower rule. All right. What? <laughs> for one inning, and uh-huh. one inning only. Okay. Pitchers can use other means of throw- getting the ball down there. Using, like... A flamethrower? <laughs> no, like a potato gun. Uh, or, oh. like, a slingshot. Something that they can throw the... Get the ball down faster than they could normally. Okay, okay. Let me think about something wildly impractical that would ruin that. So is that, like, an each-game thing? You can do it for one inning yeah. of each game? One whole inning? No, for yeah. the series. For each series. Okay, okay. For, for, for a whole inning. For a whole inning in a series. A series. Yep. That's right. much better. All if right. it was every game, it'd just be like, nope. No, no. That's too overpowered. It's over. <laughs> so, no, no. like, a CO2 pack. <laughs> Yes. That would murder someone. Catch him in the neck. <laughs> you gotta aim it well. Yeah, at the I neck. wouldn't want to be the catcher on the end of that. Though. I wouldn't want to be the ump. I wouldn't want to be the people. I, I think a CO two gun would shoot that through the netting and murder Stronger one of those netting. like sweet old people that are that season are ticket holders. The game at all. Yeah. That are just like interesting. Interesting. I don't hate it, but um, we might have to workshop it for a little it. bit. Yeah. Uh, my on-field rule change is called the Forrest Gump rule. Everyone has to go to Vietnam. Yeah, <laughs> everyone has to get shot in the buttocks. All right, follow me here. When a batter hits the ball, they run along the baseball diamond to first base. Yes. They have to get to first base before the ball or before they are tagged out. Sure. With my new rule, this process would be the same. Okay. The change would come after the runner has rounded first. Now, in today's baseball, the runner can choose to go on to second or stay at first. If they get stuck in between, they have to stay along the base path. But not anymore. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) No more base paths. Say the second baseman has the ball and is covering the base. The runner is now stuck halfway between first and second. The second baseman moves down the base path towards the runner. His only option is to turn back and run back to first, but there's a first baseman there waiting for the ball to come to him. With this new rule... Runners don't have to stick to the base path anymore. Now it's a full on-foot race. If the runner is athletic enough to outrun an entire team worth of defenders, then they should have the right to do so. Then just chase them in circles trying to tag them out. You know what? I really love that. They can cut to the outfield or cut to the infield, but they do have to tag every base in order to score. In the correct order. In the correct order. No, no more correct order. You just have to touch one of the bases. So even after you hit, are you going to third? Are you going to first? first. Are you going for the ballsy second? (laughs) Getting it out of the way. Right second and then right back to home. Uh, Yeah, no, they can't just leave the base path and run home. They will still only be safe on first or second. They can't run to third without touching second first. Sure. Uh, it makes base running ten times more entertaining and yeah. gives baseball players some room to actually, you know, show off their athleticism or also, whatever. Also, I don't know what the defensive strategy to combat that would be. <laughs> yeah, just tackle him and tag him out. Babe Ruth would have hated that. Though. Oh, no. <laughs> he, he would never round. I know. Unless he hits a bump. It's singles or home runs. That's it. 
My on-field rule change is what I like to call the dodgeball evolution. Dodgeball evolution. In the game of baseball, if you hit a ball at a fielder and they catch it, you're out. In the game of dodgeball, the rule is the same. However, in dodgeball, if the defender fails to catch the ball and is hit in their attempt, they are out. I suggest the same for baseball. <laughs> what? <laughs> if a fielder is struck by the ball without catching it, they should be removed from the field for the rest of the inning. <laughs> and they get a red card. <laughs> <laughs> While the occurrence would certainly be on the rare side of things, it would be a brutal avalanche of punishment <laughs> for errors. If you get multiple errors in the same... Now also, you outfield- don't have an outfield. <laughs> yeah, your outfielders have to cover way more ground. Additionally, it would lead to some pretty exciting scoring and provide new avenues for amazing comebacks and blowouts. Now imagine that, and somebody's just running around the field, and you're trying to tag them out, but you only have, like, ten players out there. It's iconic. I also think it would be pretty cool to see batters hone their accuracy to target some of the more vulnerable infielders, (laughs) such as a pitcher. Coming for you. Can you imagine? You lose a pitcher, and then one of your infielders or outfielders have to come in and pitch the rest of the inning. Yes. Just start just start doming. <laughs> That's the when you start having a backup pitcher play like right field. Also, <laughs> like this Babe is, Ruth. Also, here's the brutal part too. What if it gets like deflected, a foul ball that gets deflected off of the catcher's helmet? That counts. Uh huh. Because it touches them without them catching it. Yep. Oh no. Yeah. All of a sudden, you got to bring someone in to catch. <laughs> Get them padded up. A great idea. I'm sure baseball will be adopting these before the start of the next season. TM. TM on all of them. Ah. Pay us. And that is the pod. If you enjoyed this or any of our other episodes, please remember to give us a like or a follow. Leave us a review. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you may find your podcasts. In the words of Babe Ruth, quote, if I just tried to think, if I just tried for, let me start over. Okay, go ahead. That was hard. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> wordy. It's wordy. Didn't let you go over this one first. <laughs> I did not look at this beforehand. In the words of Babe Ruth, quote, if I just tried for them dinky singles, I could have batted around 600. Unquote. <laughs> what a guy. What a man. Those dinky singles. (laughs) None of those dinky singles for me, sir. Nothing but home runs. (laughs) No. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Remember, this was mismanaged. See you next week.